Hello, my modern women. This is your host, Nicole Colantoni, the single at 30, the manual for the modern woman. And I think it's also important to say, because I know you probably have a lot of women listening, that when we say you think about the other person, it's not at your expense either. Like, yes, Joe is my focus, he's my priority, but not at my expense in the sense that I lose who I am as a person. Hello to all my modern women. This is your host, Nicole Colantoni of Single 30, the manual for the modern woman. We are back today with part two of Confessions of a Tinderella and a Tinder Fella. In this episode, we delve a little bit deeper when it comes to love and what leads to a happy and long-lasting relationship. My modern women, get out your pen and notepad because I can assure you, you're going to want to take note. So let's jump right in. Okay. Joe, do you think it's a man's job to say I love you? Uh, no, not especially. I, I think, again, I, I think. Who needs time to think about this one? <laughs> no. It's a loaded question, I feel. Yeah, you can answer it it's many really... different ways. Well, I think it's completely subjective to everyone's situation. And I think we were speaking before we hopped on about the love languages and what's important to you as a human being. And I think I described to you the importance of. Oh, yeah, those three things. If you understand the other person's love language, then to be able to talk in that love language and then to want to then contribute to that person by exercising that on a regular basis. I mean, there are three levels of engagement in the relationship. and That so many people don't do. <laughs> but, here's the, but that's everything. But and uh, uh, I mean, it's not part of your operating system as humans. You need to be taught it. You need to be shown it. A hundred percent. Love languages should be taught very early on because I feel like right. it would save a lot of relationships. hundred yeah. percent. But, but then here's the other thing. Even if I know your love language, you find some people still can't do that. And then there's a consideration. Then there's a well, whole. What do you mean can't? Hang about, hang about. <laughs> I'm not making an excuse for anyone. I'm just saying some people are cut differently. And so yeah. if they're not willing to do those things or they feel like there's something that jars them from being able to contribute because it's not one of their languages, yeah. you know. so it's two ways there. So it's, it goes both ways. Like mm-hmm. I need to receive love in the languages that I speak. I've also got to give it to you in the languages that you speak but that's, yeah, it's it's a really challenging thing to do. And then for me to have the awareness that I have to overcome maybe what my natural state is to accommodate my partner and to be willing to do that, that's, I mean, now you're in a proper relationship. I feel like a lot of men struggle with words. I think men struggle with, but then there are a lot of men who are very silver-tongued. What's silver-tongued mean? <laughs> Gift of the so gab. <laughs> right, the, the yes. Empty, the empty word. Yeah, yeah. I attracted you know? all of those whatever, guys. Oh, yeah. Sweet talkers. Right. And then, you know, then all the guys that know, they just say the things to, to get through to the next to the next argument. Just say the things required mm. to get through until the next time we have to have an argument. And I think. Um, so do you know, have the same love languages? No. I no, don't. we don't. How no. interesting. Okay, yeah. what are yours, Joe? Minor time. Mine's always time. I'm giving you my time. I think you heard it earlier on when I was talking about the dating. 
Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, of course. So I'm not going to give a lot of time because I like that's one of the most precious things to me, and that's from a culmination of life experiences, near death experiences, you know, the passing of my father, all these things. Where time is a really precious asset and commodity, so I'm not wasting that on 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 empty empty experiences. You know, it's so good to know about the love languages because you either know. Am I prepared to compromise? Because obviously our love languages are different. So for him to go out and extend himself to make an effort, to he's like, okay, I know it's important to her and I know she needs a hug. And for me, because, you know, we've got two kids, my time is poor. So I have to think I know it's really important for Joe that he sees that I'm giving him some of my time, you know, like if you love someone and if you want to be with them, it's like you do have to push yourself a little bit out of your you know, your own zone of love language because finding someone that you want to be with and then they have exactly the same love languages as you, that's almost impossible. And look, I'll be honest, the hugs for me are not a natural instinct. How interesting. We have our intimacy. There's no problem with intimacy. Whenever we walk together, we're hand in hand. There's no problem with with general touch, but there's a level of additional intimacy or, or physical touch that, and a needs that, but we're in enough of a, a comfortable relationship where she'll flag it for me, but then I'll absolutely do what I can. But it's, it's not that it's a struggle or it's an, it is a struggle, struggle and efforts probably. Um, Just not natural. Yeah it, yeah. it 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 requires thought. It's not a subconscious. It's not a natural place that I go to. How interesting. And I think from my end or anybody else's end to say, oh, how could he not want to give me a cuddle, you know? I think there's a level of compassion that has to come into play for me because I can see that he's receptive to it when I bring it up. Like I think, you know, you you show people how you want to be treated, like that old saying, right? And um, if people aren't naturally wired that way, you have to give them the benefit of the doubt that they want to make you happy, but they might just not be naturally built that way. So they just need some compassion around the area that they are really wanting to meet you there. And it's like, as I would expect Joe or hope that Joe would understand that when I've got two kids screaming and I don't have much time and I'm trying to do everything, as much as I want to give him that time, I just don't have it right now. And then when I do carve it out, it's because I really care about him and I really want to show him how much I value him. It definitely goes both ways and, yeah. That's that's a very challenging situation in relationships and i think it's more prevalent than than is articulated i don't think people realize what's going yeah, on i agree and then they fight and they don't know why and they're they don't, but exactly a hundred percent i think it's a it's a it's a silent relationship challenger if not killer um and then even when you and i think to your point even when you know them there's another layer of You'll commitment in the relationship yeah. to do the work to want to be able to to offer it and then to do it and then to embed that into who you are as a person to support your partner is, mm. the, you know, is the highest compliment that you can give your partner in those situations. And I think it's a forever work in progress then. Totally. On a question. Yeah. You, can never, question. you never become complacent because there's always it, – it's not work. I don't like the word work, but it's yeah. always um, attention to the other. Yeah. Think, you know. Yeah, it's funny because actually I said to – 
my partner recently. Like we just had this one night where I wasn't getting thank yous and I don't know, I was just being hypersensitive, but I was like, I just don't want to get complacent in the relationship. Oh, you can't stop. It's a good place yeah. to be. Yeah, Pleases and thank yous can't ever leave. No. I they think can so. never leave. They exactly. can never, ever leave. I think it's, yeah, I, I think, yeah, that's, and maybe I'm, I'm nuanced in that regard, but those are, it's, it's such a small thing, but a really important thing to maintain the respect and the appreciation in the relationship. The little things mean more oh, to yeah, me they, than the big things. Totally. And I remember when I was younger, like, I don't know who, maybe older people that have been married for a long time used to say to me, you know, you want this person to be your friend. And when I was younger, I was like, I'm a friend. I'm yeah. Like, I want to be with someone. It's like they don't have to be my friend. And it's like, oh my goodness, how how was how did I not get that? Like that's just the fundamentals. It's like if I'm not prepared to treat Joe as my best friend, what are we doing together? Like exactly. he's literally my best friend. Like he deserves a please. He deserves a thank you. He deserves my manners. He deserves my respect. Like. Yeah. 100%. My yeah. parents would always say, find your best friend who you want to sleep with. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's the best advice. I was like, best advice, and if you freaking hard to do. It's uh, hard, to, it's uh, hard uh, to do. And it, for me, it was hard to understand when I was younger. Like I didn't get it. And now I get it. It goes back to how your values change, right? Yeah. Because when you're young, you've got hundreds of best friends. You don't need another right. one. You just want right. somebody with the good job, the car, who can get you into the club yeah. on a Saturday night. Yeah, right. You're like, you I know? want my girlfriend. I yeah. need a friend. But then yeah. once you get into your 30s, everyone's like yeah. doing their own thing, going in different directions. And mm. you're like, no, I really want that best friend and a partner. Yeah. So, so companionship important. turns up. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So we just touched on it. But would you say relationships are hard work? Is yours hard work? Not hard work. I don't, it's not no, hard it's work. It's not hard work, but life is hard and that's what makes it hard. And I, I think, you know, we are very blessed. Our relationship is wonderful, but it's certainly not wonderful because we were just lucky. It's wonderful because we both put in the work before we met each other and we put the work in oh, that's, see, to that, when we're together. That, but that's everything. So true. That's yeah. like where I go back to those yeah. nine years. Like totally. I was just figuring myself out, figuring yeah, yeah. what was going on between 100%. my years. Oh, yeah. yeah. Trying if, you to- if you don't do the work, and again, it's not part of your OS. Someone's got to take you there. Someone's mm. got to show you. You've got to be trained on it. Someone's got to mentor you. You've got to read a book. You've got, You've got to become to enlightened. It. Something's got to happen for you to be able to get to the point where you've, you, you're inspired enough and motivated enough to do the work to become a better version of you, to become a clearer version of you so that you're clear around who you are and what you're looking for in your life, to be open at that point in time to meet a partner, Mm. to then build that strong foundation on which the rest of your relationship um, is built and maintained on. And so our relationship is not work. Life is hard. But that's, 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 everyone's life is hard. But Mm. I think um, the relationship the foundations are so rock solid here mm. that we don't waver. And if she's having a bad day, it's not personal. I know that she's having a bad day. Yeah. And she'll typically catch herself in it and come and say, hey, I know I'm being nasty. And I'm the same. Like I'm having a tough, like I'm withdrawing and I'm saying, I know I'm not the best person to be around these last couple of days. It's just I've got these things going on. Well, she'll sniff it and she'll say, I know you've got something going on. Let me know if there's anything and that's that hypersensitivity to the other person. I think mm. That's that's what it's. That's the work, which is the awareness of the other person, 
But for us, it doesn't feel like work because that's how we're wired and that's maybe because we've done that work. It's so true. I literally last week was, I know that I'm clown-like this week. (laughs) I know that I'm going through a crazy phase. I'm just going through it. it happens. But it's not a threat to the relationship. It's just something I'm going through, right? Like, yeah, and that's the difference. Do you believe relationships require compromise? Um, Compromise. (laughs) I think. I prefer flexibility as opposed to compromise. Oh, maybe that's good. Compromise feels like compromise feels like you're, you're losing. You're something, losing you're something. something. Yeah. So which... the word is wrong, but there's constant flexibility. And yeah. com- you can use the word compromise. We don't want to get caught on semantics. What about consideration? But that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. I think in that pure sense of a compromise, yes. Let's. So I think flexibility and. We yeah. should change that. Yeah. yeah. Instead of compromise, we should say you just need to be considerate and flexible yes. at all times. Yes. Absolutely. If Elisa wants to go and do certain things for her that she needs her own time to do, she'll put a hand up or I'll say it's time for you to go and do some time because she's mm. she's been invested, vice versa. We're very conscious of each other's alone time, me time, friend time. Um, that's often threatening in a lot of relationships to a lot mm. of people. And that comes from either baggage or you haven't done the work and you haven't caught your closure on some of the issues that had happened historically. Yeah, so trauma. Us, trauma. Yeah. Real trauma that you haven't done the work on. hundred percent. So yeah. I think the flexibility and the, uh, the consideration is absolutely necessary. It's vital. It's absolutely vital. Because, again, you're not the same person. You're not static people. Like we have bad days. We have good days. We like sci-fi. We like romantic comedy. You know, it's like. Sport. Right, so rom-coms. Right, so one day you're going to go watch the cricket or one day you're going to go shopping and you might have to do it together. So, yeah, you need to be flexible. Love that. Joe. do you believe in happy wife, happy life? (laughs) Do I believe in happy wife, happy life? I, 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 (laughs) so... (laughs) <laughs> see, <laughs> answer wisely <laughs> see that's a that's another loaded question there's no wrong cheeky answer. girl because <laughs> in the in the, see, there's a very negative there's a negative there's a negative reference to this which is just say whatever to make her happy you with me so that she doesn't bother you but I also believe in from all the things that we've said, the investment in your partner and the focus on your partner is absolutely one of my, my, my key focus. And so for me, the importance is I was raised in a household where my parents only focused on each other's happiness and looked after the other person. And when you've got a singular focus on keeping the other person happy, then you're going to receive all the love from the other person that you could ever hope for. And so... So are you trying to emulate that in your relationship now? At all times. Oh. I think you, you only emulate, I think a, a lot of the references you have on how you act in a relationship are often based on what you've witnessed from your parents. Of course. So, That's why parents are so good at fucking their kids up. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in good and bad ways, right? Yeah. yeah. And so um, a one-eyed focus on trying to keep her happy and she's only focused on keeping me happy and as a result, we win. So yes, my focus is on a happy wife, but not for happy life. It's just that how we're wired and that's how this, that's the flywheel of this relationship. It's beautiful. 
Do you guys believe a relationship can move past or bounce back from infidelity? Wow. That's a big question. Just to set some context. Yeah. Esther Perel is like the relationship guru. Right. Tony Robbins of relationships. And her big thing is infidelity. As in it's a deal breaker or? Something you can bounce back from. But you guys are married with Mm. children. So I'm curious, could you recover? I have a pretty black and white view on that. Um, And that's, I know we talked about flexibility before, but that's probably (laughs) one that I'm not flexible on. I think, I don't know, maybe I'm old school. I just, I don't know. That's just like such a big trust breaker. So she says, when your partner cheats on you, have a conversation and get to their why. For instance, if you had dating a CEO of a multi-million dollar company and he's working 18 hours a day and you feel neglected in the relationship, perhaps that's your why. So it's not that you don't love them. It's just that you weren't receiving the love that you needed. And so you sourced it somewhere else, essentially. Stuff like that, which made me actually look at infidelity in a different way. But still, I don't think that I would personally be able to bounce back. But isn't there a step before that around communication? Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like that's a really big jump to go from, look, I totally get, I understand the why. Like, feeling neglected and feeling alone in a relationship must be the worst and most empty feeling. But, like, at what point do you not tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, I feel alone and neglected. Mm. I need some love. Like, why is it going to someone else's bed? I don't know. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm black and white on that one. What about you, Joe? Um. I'm old school. There's no deeper betrayal than I couldn't agree more. And so, I, I don't. I, I don't even have an opinion because it's so far from. Like I can't fathom that. Yeah. To provide it some conscious or rational thought on how I might traverse that, mm. it's a clear no for me. And I'm not saying that to judge other people's situations. Of course I'm just, not. Yeah. No. I'm f- just, just for me. And that's the loyalty. Like you, when, like, I mean, that's that's what that's a lot of what what our our relationship is built on. And so um, that that breaks some of the core fundamentals of what everything that we mm. built has is on. Yeah. But say your partner cheats on you, and you've got four children at home. <laughs> Should you try to fight for the relationship? I, I have to pass on this one because I, I, I can't see that working. No. Because then it means something fundamentally broken. And then what the, the what layers issues of and complications the layers does of, it add to the kids and but it's not that, it's the layers of oh, no. the layers of the complexity of the issues that led to that that no one was speaking about for all of the time prior. Mm. To Anna's point, all of the bits, all of the 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 options that you had prior to address it that were missed is speaking to a much bigger problem. And then here's the thing. I don't want to judge other people for their situations. No, of course. But they- for, for me, four kids, and Anna, I can't even fathom that. It's like it's, it's such a reach for me, mm. like as in not even a, p- a possibility. Um, 
for me to, to be able to navigate that kind of situation. It was devastating. Devastating. Mm, I'm with you. So, guys, were you ever embarrassed to tell anyone you had met on an app? How did your friends and family respond? <laughs> That's a really good question. In the early stages, yeah. we, we didn't want to say anything because of the stigma. Yeah. yeah. At the time that, that we were doing it, it was really early in the apps in Australia. Like Tinder was new. And so meeting people on the apps was seen as uh, where people, when, when they couldn't have normal, right. inverted comma, relationships or meet people the normal Right. Way. Yeah. So what's wrong with you that you had to go to an app? So there was absolutely stigma around that. And I think there were periods there where I thought of that, but we got over it fairly quickly because of I don't like, I don't half talk. I never half talk. You always know where yeah, you are. Yeah, I think you got more uncomfortable with not being, not being honest. honest and open about it. Yeah. So yeah. it was just that's that's what it was. And for yeah. It might have been awkward in the beginning because of those perceptions that people had for sure. And I think particularly with our work, that was something that we were worried about. But, yeah, I think they just got to a point where. What do you mean with your work? Oh, like if people at work asked us, how did you meet? I think we were more worried about that because there was that stigma around, oh, well, what's wrong with you? Why can't you meet someone? How interesting. Yeah. But then I think we just got to a point because we were just like, let's just own it. Like it's a good story. Yeah, it's a good story in the end. And I think it's been completely normalised now. But, yeah, oh, yeah. At the, in mm. the early stages. Now you're weird if you're not on the apps. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then, I, 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 like, I'm not backwards in coming forwards. I was I was openly dating on the apps. People around me knew that. There was no surprises in my direct circle. I think it was more about us being sensitive of how other people might interpret that for a very short period. But it did not Yeah, last and long. I think... Yeah. Once you've been with someone for a long time or you get past a certain point, it's just like, oh, okay, that's just how they met. Oh, we, yeah. lead, we lead with it now. Yeah, now yeah. you can be like, oh, I was yeah. before everybody yeah, else's we, time. We lead with it. <laughs> it's definitely oh, a good app. story starter now. This is Anna. We met on an app. Yep. And now you're on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two kids later. <laughs> Joe, when you were single, did you pay for all of the dates? Yeah. Wow. Did you feel like there was an expectation to pay for all the dates? That's my upbringing. Yeah. yeah, And look, I don't know how it goes now. And you look at First Dates Australia. I don't know if you've seen this show on the. Oh, we love that show. You've seen it? It's It's funny. It's funny. Oh, it's brilliant. So there's a show called First Dates Australia, and they're just random people on blind dates. And you know what's interesting? Even until now, chivalry is not dead. The men at the table will always. Not in my case, I'll tell you what, that many dates I went on. Okay, I'll tell you. I went on dates where guys would pick the venue, super expensive venue, and I would offer to pay and then sometimes they'd let me pay for the entire thing. Like I'm not even fucking with you. Or we would go, this is back when I wasn't drinking, meet for a drink and I they would like drink heaps of cocktails. I would only have maybe one or none. And then I would offer like cash and they would take a 50 or a hundred and I only had one drink. Like I have had like experienced horror stories when it comes to paying. And look, I don't know what the right rule is now or what the, the right way to do this with, you know. The, it's a very gray area. And again, I'm old school. So for me, if I've invited you on the date, then, and I have, I've initiated on the app, 
I've said let's I've typically organized it so I will 100% and always did uh, oh my god did you see that meme that went around I don't know if you guys oh, are on the ground so basically this woman um I think that they're married anyways they earn the same amount and they both earn a lot anyways they must have been discussing the uh, prospect of having children together and she then decided to chat to her sister about it and she took it very seriously and came up with like this whole approach, <laughs> rehaving a child, and then basically propositioned her <laughs> partner as if it was like a business transaction and was like, if I am going to carry the child and then take off time from work to <laughs> take care of the child, then I want you to pay me 60000 $60, or $100,000 to do so because why should I be out of pocket? Oh, yeah, because they earn the same amount and split everything 50-50. And I was just like, wow, you guys don't sound like a partnership. And that's very transactional. But I understand like what she's getting at. I just think the approach or the messaging was wrong. Yeah, it's interesting. I think, um, geez, I don't even know how to process that. That's, right? Yeah, yeah. That, I thought, hey, if that's what works for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the power to her. I mean, yeah, I mean, good on her. Like, yeah, definitely. No, that's, a, that's full of landmines, that one. For, yeah, look, but I'm sensing resentment in that proposition. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, and gender roles are shifting yeah. at all times. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think what's important, and I think it's important for us not to judge, is that people end up in different places at different times. And I think, yeah, you know, we got strong feelings about what we do and how we run it, but we're super accommodating and we don't care what anyone does. I can under and you know what I can understand. Like, if you're obviously she's doing really well for herself, exactly. Like that's what everyone said in the comments to her. And it is, you know, you change your body, you change your time, you change your career, you do push your career back um, because you need to care for your babies, and that's the most important thing at that time. But in the career world, that just means that somebody else is going to come in and fill your position potentially. So, you know, she's obviously a very type A transactional kind of hundred percent woman. So how yeah. will you raise your children in that sense though? Have you thought about that? Knowing that everything in society is currently changing in terms of like gender it's roles? Very scary. Yeah. yeah it is. And hard to navigate, isn't it? It is because things that you did, things that people work that things that were considered appropriate or reasonable, even 10 years ago have altered now and will alter again in the next 10 years. And so you have no clue what's going to be okay and how to steer your kids. And so mm-hmm. our kids are young and I actually we're in the car on the way over here. And what were we talking about? I forget what we were talking about. I said, look, let's just get through toilet, toilet training. Toilet Let's just focus on yeah, things. Yeah, let's focus time. on it. <laughs> oh, what were we talking, we were talking about schools? Yeah, no. it was something to do with schools or adolescents, something – Way Talk, down I don't the track, it was we have like, a three-year-old, and we're like, let's just worry about toilet training. Yeah, let's now. just get through today and tomorrow. But, yeah, but it's really scary. But they're real questions. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I grew up pre-internet. Like, I mean, I did at my high school without the internet. Wow. And so, then, were you using encyclopedias? Yeah, we're using encyclopedias. Encyclopedias in the library, and then you look at the kids now. You look at we had no social media. You couldn't keep us in the house 
after school. Mm. We were out on our bikes or on the weekends. Now you can't get kids <laughs> out of the house. It's right? really odd. And yeah. we don't know what the next evolution will be. And so it's scary. It is scary. Anna, did you ever pay for dates when you were single? Oh, yeah. Did you? Did I ever pay for dates? I would have offered. Definitely I would have offered. I've definitely bought drinks. Um, Why are you looking at me? <laughs> I wasn't there. Did Joe ever <laughs> let you pay for any dates? No. True gentleman. But you, you make it up in other ways. Like you do offer to pay for drinks or you offer to cook them a meal or you have to get creative and find another way to show your appreciation and gratitude because it, it gets expensive. <laughs> but, again, we, we dated expensive too. Yeah, we like nice things, <laughs> yeah, which we, doesn't we were, make it easy. We like to eat out. Me we, too. We lived yeah. in Potts Point yeah. eight years and so we, we lived a, a dining the diners kind of, uh, uh, expensive diners kind of dating. Um, it's so expensive. It's so expensive. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> um, so. So you have but, to make it up for it in other yeah, ways. But, you know, I wasn't counting. Like, I mean, when you're in those situations, who's counting? It's not about that. It's about the moments. It's about the experiences. It's not about. You need to start this coaching business. That's all I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> Men need you. Women yeah, need but, you too. <laughs> but again, I mean, I think at the right times, right? When, when it's established and when it's, yeah, when it, when it makes sense, I think. Otherwise, yeah, you end up being, it ends up being expensive. Mm. Yeah. So how soon after getting married did you settle down and have children? Oh, we wasted no time. Oh, a little I think bit. there were a couple of years there that we, we. I think it was important for, oh, for me anyway. I, I can't speak for you, but for me, it was important that because for me, I always knew I was going to have kids later in life. I always knew I was hungry for life. I had to live my life. I had to experience life. Like we're quite adventurous. Our honeymoon's all about adventure, scuba Wait. diving. Oh wow! Going yeah, like crazy. We went cave diving in Mexico, and oh my God, that's yeah, amazing. like we love adventure. So for me, I have a real thirst for life that I knew I had to get out of my system before having kids because when we would, that that would be my focus, one hundred percent. So it was important for me to have shared experiences with Joe that didn't involve kids because I knew we had the rest of our lives to do that. So, yeah, I think it was two years maybe. Yeah, I think we... we two years isn't very long in the scheme. Yeah, but we're older as well. So I, there's, I, there's, the there's, age there's you were when you met Joe, don't scare me. <laughs> well, look, you know what? I think this is a really good conversation to have because we don't have forever. Mm. And that I'm not saying that to scare women. You're going to scare a lot of women. Well, I hope but, I scare them for all the right reasons because it is a finite thing and God forbid you want kids and you can't have them. Like that would just be, oh, my gosh, that would just be the saddest thing ever. So it has to be something you're aware of. It's so true. I actually just celebrated my 33rd birthday and yeah. I had dinner with my partner and my brother and I told my brother, oh, next year I'm freezing my eggs. Mm. And my brother was like, that's a really intense thing to say in front of your partner. And I was like, is it? Because I need to say it. Like what's more intense, waking up in eight years and not being able to have kids together? Like, Listen, that's real. Yeah. I mean, it's real. I don't want to get, there's a lot we can say about this mm. because we went through the experience, including Making sure that we were able to have kids and 
doing all the right fertility testings because yeah, we're gonna, yeah, absolutely. all of the genetic testings to make sure that you know we're going to have healthy kids. And Did you have, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. By the time by the time we had our first, I was thirty eight. Right. That's so I fell I pregnant at thirty seven. That's a risky. That's a risky age. I got shown lots of graphs about the sheer cliff of fertility and. Did you freeze Ooh. your eggs? No, I didn't. I um, I didn't freeze my eggs, and we just went hell for leather. <laughs> Let's just there was get lots it of up. ovulation tests. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, and look, we, we were we were the, really what lucky. The, what was the thing? What was the name of the thing? What thing? The ovulation test. Oh, the the digital. Digital duvalaki. The clear blue digital test. Clear blue digital duvalaki. Big plug. (laughs) Huge plug. The clear view. Get onto a ladies. Wow. When you ovulate. Anyone anyone that wants to know the ideal time. So much to learn. Oh, science. You could do a podcast like. I will. Yes, I actually am doing that. Yeah. So, how did life change for you once you became parents? It's wild. <laughs> it's amazing and it's wild. Like it's crazy. <laughs> like, but all look, all the cliches are true. You don't know love until it's a different love. Of course, Do I love you my love husband. your children more than Joe. It's a different love. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't. No, I don't. Answer, it's I different. Hear. It's different. Say no. I said no. Okay. <laughs> no, don't say no. That's the wrong answer. <laughs> She followed up with it's a different love. It's, a, it's totally it's different. It's different, you know, because. You wouldn't want to do it without your partner. Oh, you know 100%. what I mean? Like it's, it's a package deal when you have it with your well, partner, right? Yeah. yeah. And it deepens your love. Well, for me, it deepened my love for my husband in a way that I didn't know I could love him more. Um, it, it changes. Yeah, it changes. Do your children look more like you or Joe? Because I've got friends who are like, I'll be damned if I carry this child for nine months and they end up looking like my husband. We, we got one each. Got one oh, each. my God, you got the best of both. Yeah. yeah. One each. The first the first looks exactly, well, looks more like me and the second looks more like yeah, uh, more like Anna. Yeah. You know what I've been told, and I don't know if this is legit or not, but apparently that is not accidental. Apparently it's so you know that it's I've actually your that. children. Yeah, I've heard that. It's because an old genetic way. Yeah, I've because, heard. you know, back in the day they just yeah. slept with everything that moved and spread the seed as far and as wide as they could. It was a way of identifying, oh, you actually are my child. Yeah, right. How interesting. Yeah, so... Um, so that makes sense then. It was, yeah. it, it was fair, fair. We got okay. <laughs> okay. So if you could go back in time, would you have kids again? 100%. There was a slight hesitation. <laughs> you know, no, you no, know no. why I hesitated? No. Because I always, uh, the reason I hesitated is because I wish we were younger. <laughs> I'm not saying it to freak you out. I mean. Oh, but you it's, just want more hard. time with the people that you love now? Yeah, oh. it is. And it's not. Look, at the same time, if I was younger, I wouldn't have been ready. So it's a catch-22, but... You could say that about meeting Joe as well, right? Totally, totally. And I always have to come back to the fact that I met him when I met him and it was the right time because it was the right time. But time is a finite thing. And, oh, when you have these little babies and you see your husband with them and you just love them so much, you just want to capture it forever. So, yeah. Guys, your goals. Oh, Oh my God. So let's talk intimacy and romance. (laughs) Joe's face just turned green. Do you guys still have date night and what does that look like? Uh, Yes, yes, we do have date night. So 
this is a date night. Yeah. Oh, guys, so, I'm on it. Yeah, that, <laughs> As are that, we. That, so I think, I think you have to find the time, um, whether it's a quickie first thing in the morning <laughs> or really. going to have nightmares tonight. Re- re- <laughs> re- really late at night or. Um, and the intimacy has, you can't let that get away. No, and it's so easy. To just get stuck in go. the day-to-day. So the intimacy yeah. you've got to maintain. And then just time alone without the, you know, all of your senses on high alert, for the kids, mm. you know, eyes, ears, um, to have, you know, grandma or a babysitter look after the little ones to get out is really important and recharging for the relationship. Yeah. To have a conversation, even if it's completely all you do is talk kids. about them anyway. But. Yeah, just, just to have just to have an uninterrupted conversation over, a, you know, in a in a nice restaurant or uh, or not. Even if it's just the local Thai shop down the road, you just need that time together. Like it's it's it will break you if you don't. Yeah. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. And if you if you don't have the or help just, or, or the just support distances network, you, yeah, pay. You end up- for a babysitter, it's, but that's it's the a thing. marriage what saver. A, what about the people who can't afford it and they're just stuck in this routine? You know, I always, I always think like, is there a Facebook group? I don't know if people are still on Facebook, but is there a group out there of community people that can help each other with that? Like, you got to start have, that, Anna. Oh, I, I always think about that because I don't have a big family, and if it wasn't for Joe's family, we would, we would be stuck. We would be and those I, people, yeah. That and I always that, think about yeah. that. Where is this village, man? Like this village has just totally gotten up and gone and dissolved and, yeah, maybe I'll look into that. You really should. It's hard. I'll hit you up in five years. Yeah, let's talk. (laughs) (laughs) So would you say you're as attracted to one another as the day you first met, perhaps even more attracted to one another? More. Oh, those glasses you started wearing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's going to be a really bad nightmare, I'm going to say. <laughs> my, my eyes have started to go. They're so sexy. And I, I, I think I look ridiculous, but she, she really looks like That's so. how you know it's true love. He's so <laughs> smart. <laughs> oh, my God. Should I leave you two? No, 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 no. <laughs> We're good. We're good. We're good. Look, we made jokes to each other, but they weren't really jokes that if we got too far out of shape, we'd, 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 we'd want to call There'd each other out on it. There'd be some conversations, yeah. And I think you've got to respect yourself and your partner in that regard. So we both try really hard to keep in shape and to look mm. after ourselves. You're both in great shape, I've got to say. To tr- thank, you. thank you. But I think it's, it's no accident. Because yeah. you want to be looking across and, and yes, I love her mind and I love everything about her and our partnership, but to also be physically attracted and to still have the chemistry and the desire, um, that's probably work mm. because that's the stuff that's easy to slip away getting into you're busy, you're looking after the kids, you're eating more than you should, not as active as Locked you should. Lockdown. It's yeah, there's lots Oof. of there's lots of reasons why you can't or you forget to, but you we try really hard not to. So is that part of how you keep the spark alive in a long-term relationship? I think new experiences as well. Like we're yeah. we're adventurous. We like to try and do new things as often as we can. I think 
I think everyone's different. I don't think there's an answer for everybody else. It's just our answer. You have to find whatever your spark is, whatever brings you that joy in your relationship, you have to find it and you have to nurture it, whatever it is. Um, It could be cosplay. It could be gaming. It could be whatever it is for people. Um, For us, it's always been around food, (laughs) cooking or going out for food. Uh, yeah, food's my love language as yeah, well. And, yeah. or, and just advent, and, and just experiences. Experiences are a big one. And, you know, you adapt. You take the kids with you or you, you just you do have to make an effort. And it is an effort um, because you've got to think more about it. It's an additional thing to think of, but that's that's how you do it. What are your thoughts on the modern dating landscape now? Oh, I don't know what it looks yeah. like. I know that Tinder has gone feral. <laughs> Based on the responses we get from Tinder, I think it's all gone a bit. It feels like it's gone proper feral, like yeah. proper just, just hookups. Isn't it just hookups? <laughs> That's part of the reputation it has these days. Right. Yeah. And so I don't know. I don't. I think the changing gender roles is making yeah, it huge. really tricky. Yeah. I think, um, I think consent, and I 100% support it, the new consent expectations uh, making it tricky, not tricky. We just, spoke about that once upon a time. Yeah, so consent yeah. is, a, is it's it's important. And then again, um, I think it's tricky. I think it's going to continue to get tricky. I think the I think I love the fact that I have two daughters, and I love the fact that our that women are more empowered now, and mm. men are being more careful and more cautious, more considerate, more respectful. And if that's come at the cost of whatever it has, I think that's a good thing. That said, it's creating a more challenging environment and for I think dating. It must be confusing as well. You know, where where are those lines? Who pays for what? Who asks who out? Or is it just a free for all now? Like that that must be confusing, I imagine. So look from a distance, we I think we're too far connected to have mm. a, a real good finger on the pulse of what that's like now. But just watching how society has evolved. Um, how much of people's sense of self and worth is coming from apps is scary. That is scary. And social media. I don't know if you've seen the Netflix, what is it, The Social Dilemma? I think it was. Oh, yeah, I did. It was terrifying. It's dark. Yeah. And just the way they're playing with psychology and, um, and, you know, the, the, the dopamine and the human nature um, it just feels really manipulative, and so. Um, Are you scared for your children's future? Yeah, yeah. And so you know, we do our best to keep our kids have zero digital footprint, which is completely intentional. Absolutely, yeah. like we, there's not a not, single photo, not a single photo online. I love that, and I'm the same. Yeah, there's no, I, well, I mean, I don't have kids, yeah. but I always say I want to be the same. No, no, no. We're, there's not a single photo of any of our. Um, girls online, it doesn't exist. They have zero digital footprint right now, and so the they might resent you for that later on. You know, they won't because well, the, better that than the other is yeah. what we think, and then we can have a conversation. The memories, about it. the memories exist. It just hasn't been communicated on mass, and it's just our our choice for their privacy. Yeah, yeah. until we figure great. all this out. Um, yeah, I really think that that's great. Will you let your children go on the apps one day? Well, I don't think we're going to have much say at a certain point. I think they're going to just do it. Oh, 
I don't know. Ask us in 20 years. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it might be even sooner than that, you know, the way the world's going. Who knows? When I was thinking about this question, I wondered, do you have to be 18 to go on the apps? Never even occurred to me, but it's most likely that you do. I couldn't answer that. Yeah. I would, I would assume. Yeah. I don't remember. Well, there if there's a some... consensual age, there would have to be some kind of age limit. Yeah. Yeah, because then you're getting into all kind of. Here's the other thing. With all of these apps and the amount of time people are spending on social media, the your social skills, it's coming at the cost of face-to-face social skills. It's like today when I said, I just want to call you and talk to you. Like the, people's conversational skills, I think, are, are being impacted. So we're trying as much <laughs> as possible. I'm not a great texter. It just takes me a really long time. To I so. noticed you don't need yeah. to tell it's, me it's twice. My, it's, my fa- it's my failing eyesight as well. It's like a real real struggle to get into the little budget. The little I've got friends that I'll call and they'll never answer the phone, right. but then they'll text me and be like, hey, what's up? I'm like, I literally just called oh. you. This will be a lot quicker if you just answer the phone. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think we're going to try as best as we can to keep some of those traditional communication methods alive <laughs> with our kids and then just support them. I think w- w- I was a wildly opinionated and motivated uh, child adolescent. Shocking. <laughs> as is my wife. And so <laughs> as was my wife when she was Incredibly. growing up. So, Incredibly, yeah. So I, I expect my daughters to be exactly the same way. And I learned a lot from... I've, I know what my parents did that didn't get the results out of me. So we're acutely aware and we yeah. speak about it often around how we try and accommodate and nurture as best as we can uh, that spirited nature that we expect and we see in our kids already. Mm. So it, if they're on apps, then we're just going to give them the best advice on what to do with it and let them go. I think yeah. it's really important to provide that supportive, not helicopter yeah, because you can't. It just pushes them, them away. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. As it would have us when we, if we were on it when we were younger. Yeah. And you want your children to be spirited. Yeah, you do. Totally. Yeah, especially girls. Yeah, definitely. I, I want them to know who they are, to be strong about who they are. So, guys, considering your couple goals, what do you think is the secret to a happy and long lasting relationship? It's easy, man. It's just one-eyed focus on the other. That's all it is. It's not hard. You just keep focused on the other. And as soon as you start thinking about me and what I'm not getting, I think you're starting to slip. That's such a good point. So for me, it's, again, for us, it's just a one-eyed view on the other. Just make sure she's looked after, that she's happy. I'm considerate of her. I'm contributing appropriately to her. Mm. And she's doing the same back. So it, that's what our. And what if they're not doing the same thing back? In our relationship or in a general sense? Both, either or. <laughs> it, it, I'll, I'll, have a, I'll have a short conversation. Mm. Yeah, there's always a conversation that way, whether <laughs> yeah, it's me just, to him or him yeah, to just I. Like the hug. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that's okay. Like if, if for whatever reason it's falling off, it's not about. Um, it's not about beating the other person up. It's not about beating the other person up or making that other person bad for doing it. It's just about, yeah. hey, if something's slightly missing, just to call it out. It's never been fundamental or a, or a major thing. It's, it's no. typically a minor thing because we built the orientation earlier on in our relationship. It's what 
made us make the commitment to start with. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also important to say, because I know you probably have a lot of women listening, that when we say you think about the other person, it's not at your expense either. Like, yes, Joe is my focus, he's my priority, but not at my expense in the sense that I lose who I am as a person. It's very important that you still maintain yourself, however that is, while making him a priority and his happiness a priority. I think it's a there's a very fine balance in that women might lose sight of easier than men do. I think guys do it just as hard. Yeah. Just dive in and lose themselves and trying to keep the other person happy. I think it goes, it does go, definitely goes both ways. But yeah. I agree that you you can't do it at the expense of yourself. Yeah. And I think we're we're acutely aware of that. So we always make the time and space for the other person to have their own space and time as well. But that's part of the focus on the other person. Hundred mm, percent. And a sense of humor. I think oh yeah, you gotta have sense. You gotta have a sense of humor. Don't take yourself too seriously. Because <laughs> life's gonna throw you some curveballs oh, and <laughs> you've gotta you guys are scaring me. <laughs> no, you, you know, it's, uh, again, not to scare but to empower, you know. Be patient, be compassionate, have a sense of humour because it's just, you have to. It's you very la- true. If you don't laugh, you cry, right? So who wants to cry? Mm. Life is a comedic tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so why do you think so many relationships don't work out? Because they're not talking. Mm. And they're not focused on the other person. They're focused too much on what they're not getting. Um, and they're not, yeah, communication's a massive one. They're just not talking. Well, and they don't have the ability to receive what's being said back potentially. Or communicate what they need. As yeah. Well. That's but a there's a whole, it's, it's an umbrella it's a, it's term a communi- in so it's many a ways. It's a communication thing because. I'm the CEO and I'm off doing what I'm doing. My wife's at home on her own. Her inability to communicate to me her needs and wants at that time and then my decision to communicate back to her whether or how I'm willing to come. Like if, I, if, I'm, if we can't do that, we're cooked from the start. Mm, yeah. Um, I think the... And there's physical communication, emotional communication, intellectual communication that like you need to meet on all levels. Yeah, and some people might be more um, tuned into one than the other and so you either meet them there or, you know, you, you work with that, yeah. I think um, I think gaming. <laughs> no, I'm with you, but just the face that you yeah. pulled. <laughs> because I'm, I, I, I hear about these guys. <laughs> yeah. That, it's a thing. That go really? that come home. Like I employed some of them. Yeah. That and, doesn't and, surprise and me. And they, they come home and they go to the gym and then they game for four or five or six hours through the night with the headset on and my brother was one of them. And call of duty and whatnot. And they they take that into the relationship. I got no clue how that's gonna work. So from a distance, gaming is is something that I think will break or, or, um, it's funny though, because I used to say to my brother's ex, doesn't it drive you mad? And she goes, I prefer this to him going out with the boys all night. Well, he's kind of, mm. oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's something to be said about that. Look, and, and I'm probably too far away from it, but I, I think that's crazy. You know, sit in the house, but not be near the person or the people who are at dinner. 
mm. looking at their phones or not talking to each other. I think that's a communication thing. I think that's something that's going to put you in. Um, I think I think not letting the other person have space to themselves, have their hobbies. Yeah, you got to. Vital. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. vital is the right word. Mm. Um, I think that's going to put you in. I think that'll sorry, that'll do you in. I think yeah, Jesus, so many. Yeah. Nicole, I think. But it all comes out of communication mm. and being in tune enough. And look, it's not part of your operating system. You don't get it by default. You don't. Yeah. You've got to do the work to build the awareness around who you are and what you're doing so that you can identify these things early on enough to call them out for me and for you. Mm. Yeah, they certainly didn't, um, we were certainly not built this way. Like, I don't want anyone to walk away from this thinking, oh, they're lucky that's just how they are. And it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> like I have, I, I speak for myself, I have put in the work. Like I've put in the work, I've put in the time. Um, it's certainly no accident that I now can communicate with my husband the way that we do because it, it was not a natural thing for me in the beginning. Like that was not something I was an environment I was brought up in at all. So, yeah. I, th- I think the opportunity, finding the opportunities to be able to uncover more about who you are and to build that emotional intelligence is crucial. Such a good word, emotional and, intelligence. And it's the absence of that that I think is putting, is doing people in as well. Definitely. Joe. Yeah. What do you think men are looking for most in a relationship? Oh wow, that's hard. I feel I feel a huge responsibility <laughs> to answer on behalf of all men. No pressure. <laughs> I, look, um, I, I can't answer that. I want to, but I feel like I can answer it for me. What are you looking for most in a relationship? I just want I want partnership. And I think my wedding speech was built around that. It's like it was partnership. I don't want to lead you. I don't want to be led. I want someone who I can side by side depend on. I'm going to to zig to your zag, ying to your yang. I want the puzzle pieces to fit. I just want partnership. You called it having my best friend that I want to sleep with. It's the same thing, right? So it's partnership. I don't want it to be one-sided. I want us... Um, to be in it together. And I found myself in situations where I'm a giver of time and effort and I'm going to be a gentleman and the like, and then you just find people who just take that. Mm. They just take it and they're going to run with it and you end up in a, a situation where you're scratching your head wondering, how did we end up here where I'm getting actually nothing back? But because I bring the mantra of just focusing on the other person completely, I didn't even see the fact or notice the fact that I wasn't getting anything back. And so I think partnership and equality and, and investment of time, effort, I think is is all, is everything. Does that answer? Yeah, that was a great answer. That's a great answer. Yeah, I think, I think the men of the world will be happy with that answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think your daughters will be happy with that answer <laughs> <Really>? one day. <laughs> Anna. Yes. What do you think women are looking for most in a relationship? I think they want to be loved, they want to give love, and they want to be heard and seen. I think, I think we, you know, 
like probably men do too, if I can speak on behalf of the men. I think it comes down to that really. You know, you strip away all the layers and that's what I think it all comes down to. Do you guys think love is enough in a relationship? No. There's so much more to it. Mm -hmm. It's a great start. It's definitely a great start. But But can you truly love somebody without all this other stuff? I was going to say love is is an interesting term. Mm. Yeah. How do you define love? Right, right. You can love someone and mess them up because you're messed up. Mm-hmm. Or your, ver- your version of love mm-hmm. is unhealthy mm. or not in the language that the other receives. So, no, it's not enough, but I think, but I think it, it can be everything at the same time. Yeah. I think in its purest form, absolutely, undoubtedly, it's everything, but... Or can you have a relationship without love, right? So it's like it works both ways. Yes, it does. Yeah, Yeah. it does. Yeah. Yeah. So this podcast is all about creating the manual for the modern woman. If there was one piece of advice you both wish you knew sooner, what would it be? Oh, that's a good question. Trust yourself. Know yourself. And don't, don't feel that you have to be anything else but yourself. It's a good one. Mm. There's so many. I started everything late. I started my career late. I got married late, had kids late. And there's times that I think I would have liked to have started sooner. But then the flip side of that is I wouldn't have had the version of uh, clarity and stability that I have now. And so that this is what I'm tossing when you ask the question. I say I'm, I'm struggling with this because you're a product of your life experiences and I'm just – yeah, I'm trying to find the nugget that I would have given myself that I would have loved to have heard and it just comes back to being authentic and just, you know, holding on to you. It's so true because if I knew everything I know now about love and relationships, I wouldn't have gone through the nine years that I went through that is now the whole reason I have this podcast right. and I'm yeah. a dating and relationship coach. Right. So it's like if you change one thing, it's the butterfly effect, Correct. right? Yeah. yeah. And so I think... Um, you know, there's, there's the old, the old, the other one, like, have you got any regrets? Like, what's your biggest regret? I mean, that's a really hard one to answer as well. Mm. I mean, uh, you know what? Appreciate your parents. How about that? Oh, my dad would love you for that one. Oh, <laughs> only, only because, only because in a minute, in, you know, they can go in a minute. And I think, um, I think you forget to do that. They become, in inverted commas, burdens or a, or a pain as you get older, but they, you know, they bore you and carried you and nurtured you and educated you. And I just think, um, I think we forget to appreciate, um, appreciate them. So I would have said to myself, yeah, just be more appreciative of your parents. Guys, this chat today has been very insightful. Thank you so much (laughs) for your time. Thank you, Nicole. Thanks for having us. Please come back. (laughs) Anytime. When our girls start dating, I think we're going to have a lot of content. (laughs) Guys, that's it for the second part of this episode. Confessions of a Tinderella and a Tinder fella. I hope it's restored your faith in the power of the swipe right, potentially leading to the right swipe for you. I will see you guys next week with a solo app. 
I love you all. This is Single 30, the manual for the modern woman that we are writing together.